So, John, it's uh, it's hot. Oh, it's it's really hot. Yeah, I, I, so I've heard. So I've heard. I've heard many of my friends in the UK are melting across the the entire country. How how are you holding up? I mean, it, it's better now. Uh, today has been better than the previous two days. Um, I did tell you this already, but yesterday I spent two hours watching a graduation in Brighton, and that might be the hottest I've ever been in my life. Was it um, indoors or outdoors? It was indoors. Yeah. Um, but it was, indoors it was is indoors, maybe worse because you don't have a breeze or anything. Right. It's indoors. There's maybe, I don't know, we were trying to count, maybe a thousand people there, maybe a bit more than that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and you're just watching somebody say names yeah. every five to ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. I did this not long ago. You know, and, you know, and you know, everyone needs their moment. Of course they do. But like, when you're sort of you know hundred names in, you're like, oh my god, this has got to end soon. And my friend who was graduating, he was like, I mean, I think it literally must have been like the second or third person to last. Uh-huh. So I just sort of waited for it to end, and then like. You couldn't get out straight away because there was like a whole, there was like a drinks reception thing and it was very difficult to leave the building. Oh. So uh, yeah, that was that was a fun thing to do on the hottest day of the year. Boy, I bet. I, I had a similar situation. At, I guess it was at the end of May or beginning of June when my son graduated from high school and it wasn't that hot outside, but it was because it was threatening to rain. They had it indoors in an auditorium. And he had, he graduated with like 700 kids and he's near the end of the F- alphabet having a last name that starts with the V. And we were sitting up in these bleachers kind of towards the ceiling of this room. And boy, by the time I left, I just felt like I was sitting there just, just sweating the whole time. That was really, oh, yeah. that's all I did. And it's like, you go home and you have to feel like you need to take a shower and just drink as much water as you possibly can. Oh yeah. And, and you know, I got up in the morning knowing I had to go to this and, I was getting a train about 11 o'clock in the morning, and I thought, right, I'm not going to shower until, you know, 10.30. I'm going to shower the last possible minute and then just leave the house. Mm-hmm. And and I thought, well, at least if we get on the train, it'll be air-conditioned. No. Oh, I no. end up with, with one of the trains that I have to assume is probably 15, maybe 20 years old. Um, it, does, it, like, it still has the automatic doors, but the windows were just manual windows. There's no air con on it. Turns out there's no toilets on this train either, which was just wow mind-blowing i didn't even it's know like that was still torture <laughs> right and i sit on this train and i'm like oh my god i've got to sit here for an hour like just you're giving just me sat here you're giving me flashbacks heat. to my old commuter train days because i used to i mean they had air conditioning but once in a while they would break and then you know you're in like these metal tubes basically baking in the sun because you know the trains obviously aren't aren't for the most part i think in most places going they're not going through wooded areas they're mostly out in the open and baking in the hot sun uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the one saving grace was it wasn't particularly busy. Um, but it's like because of where I live and like Brighton, you know, is a seaside town. Mm-hmm. But then Portsmouth is a seaside town. And then if you live Southampton, which is sort of the next nearest big city, there's a seaside town the opposite direction. So there's not a lot of people going down to Brighton from Portsmouth oh, okay. for the beach. Um, so thankfully it was a quiet train because I thought if I've got to sit next to people on this, this is going to be even worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. It's, uh... Yeah, it's been pretty amazing watching the, the heat. I mean, it's all across Europe, really. I mean, I know Portugal and Spain and France and northern Italy have all had really, really hot weather too. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, I think our record was like 40.3 degrees or something, yeah. which is 
You know, I mean, that is obscene for the UK. Right. I mean, that is, you know, I I wasn't in that heat. I mean, Brighton, I think, was about 33 or 34. Um, I kind of, you know, that extra sort of six degrees really makes a difference. And I'm very glad that I was able to avoid it. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it, it, it's even, <coughs> sorry, even Ireland was pretty hot because I know my son was in Dublin. Um, he's actually living in Cork right now, but uh, he was up in Dublin and Dublin was having a bit of a heat wave. It wasn't as bad as it was in places like London, I don't think, but still very hot for Dublin as well. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, and they're saying, oh, yeah, this could happen every, you know, two to three years. Oh, good. I look forward to that. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's the thing is like people don't realize that it's fine if you live somewhere that's like used to this kind of weather. You know, like I'm living mm-hmm. now that I'm in North Carolina, it, it's hot here in the summer. It really is super hot in July and August, but they're ready for it. They're equipped for it. I mean, there's air con- every place is really well air conditioned and insulated, and it's not like a lot of England, which doesn't really have air conditioning, except in places like hotels and shops and things, as, mm-hmm. as I understand it, right? Yeah, I mean, even it's hit and miss, even with hotels, to be honest. Yeah. Like, you've really you've got to go out of your way to look for one that's got um, that's got air conditioning. But, uh, yeah, that's true. I was when I was there for uh, Mike Curley's wedding in 2018. We got a, a hotel with air conditioning, and uh, not everybody we who we saw there had it. Uh, and it was very hot in 2018 too. So yeah, I, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this does happen you know, fairly regularly. I, mean, I think you'll remember. I think it would have been two years before Mike's wedding was when I graduated, and you were tweeting things to get them up on the big screen. Oh, right, right. Um, and that was the hottest day of the year, and that was sweltering. Like it, it, this is a very common thing. The problem is we're beating the records every year now, which right. is, it's really worrying. Right, right. No, that's <laughs> the thing, and it is. It has become like more frequent because it seems like every couple of years you've got some kind of major heat wave in the UK, and and I, mm-hmm. I guess you have to do something to deal with it, I suppose, because it's dangerous if people don't have a way to keep cool. I mean, I know. There, there was a time when we lived in Chicago where they had an unexpected heat wave and a bunch of people died just because they didn't have oh, yeah. you know, ways to get out of the out of the heat. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're in you know a block of flats and things like that, you know we don't have any aircon and a lot of our you know these big sort of tower blocks have like one or two windows in these flats. Like they are, I mean, as you say, they're really dangerous. Yeah, they never but, and then um, they just never cool down because they ever they you know just kind of like heats up and then doesn't have a chance to cool down at night. I'm like, yeah, I've been trying to cool my house down today, and I still can't quite get my office to a reasonable temperature. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, um, but yeah, it's probably enough of the weather. That's probably the most British we've both ever been. I know. Spoke, How about that? Spoken for five minutes about the weather. <laughs> I, but, you know, we, before we recorded, I guess not long after we recorded last time, I sent you a uh, a tweet I found of someone who was selling pizza that had pickles and ranch dressing on it. What did you think of that? That that sounds just absolutely disgusting. Um, <laughs> it was it was pickle. It was basically pizza crust with a ranch dressing sauce, I guess, presumably cheese on it, and pickles, dill pickles. I mean, I am not. I'm not a fan of pickles at all. Oh, I like pickles. Um, I like a good pickle, Rob. You know what? You know what they have in the south. You know what I'm loving now that I'm down here. They have deep, mm-hmm. they have deep fried pickles. 
Oh, that I mean that does sound. I mean anything deep fried. Sounds it's good. true. It, you deep fried and it's good. I mean deep fried pickles. You get a good crunchy, uh, you know, breading on the outside of those. You dip them in, in various sauces. They can be quite good. They can be done quite poorly. Like if you're in, I used to try to get them once in a while in the Midwest, and nobody in the Midwest knows how to make deep fried pickles, but they know how to make them down here. A lot of the barbecue joints have them. The other thing from down here that's good that I think you'd like are hush puppies. Which are okay. round balls of cornmeal, kind of like a like cornbread, basically, but deep also mm-hmm. deep fried, and uh, those are also very good with some sort of dipping sauce, um, you know, spi- something okay. spicy. It's all it's a good it's a good side for your barbecue. So those are a couple of things I've been enjoying in the South so far. Yeah, well, I mean, speaking of food, I've been uh, making good use of my uh, pizza oven the last few weeks. Oh, I forgot um, that you had a pizza oven. That's fantastic. Yeah, we bought it, I think we bought it in December, um, or no, it would have been November, because it was the Black Friday sale. Ah, um, right. They were doing, doing 20% off, so, you know, we ordered all the bits you need for, you know, not just the pizza oven, but, like, you know, the the pizza peels and, like, the bag thing for it and all of that nonsense. Oh, yeah. Um, they got, yeah, we've used it. Lots of accessories for those things. <laughs> yeah, we've used it, like, three or four times in the last few weeks, and, like, the pizzas are getting better. Like, you know, my dough is getting better. Um, I actually, I actually accidentally left the dough out all day while I was at work the other day, uh-huh. just in the kitchen. I was supposed to have put it in the fridge when I left for work, and I just completely forgot. That dough turned out really good. Oh, so interesting. Maybe I'm not putting it in the fridge next time. I'm just going to leave it out for six, eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, we, since we're in an apartment, we don't have one of those. Um, but I have always had my eye on them because I've thought that might be kind of fun to do. Maybe when we. Maybe when we buy a place down here, maybe we'll get a pizza oven and then we can we can trade pizza oven tips on ruminate. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I've got a I've got a list of different um, different dough recipes to try and different ways to to prove the dough and, mm-hmm. and you know all of this kind of stuff. I want to try a few different things because what I'm struggling with is making a very big pizza. A lot of the pizzas I'm making are fairly small, which is fine. I just make you know a few of them. Sure, sure. Um, but you know the the pizza oven in theory i should be able to make a 12 inch pizza so but if you can't get the dough quite right it's very difficult to sort of stretch it out that far without ripping it right so, um, right so i want to try a few different recipes and and see how i can get on but uh you know it's, it's not not really a bad thing to practice oh no i'll have loads of pizzas like it's not really something <laughs> to complain about oh no that sounds good that sounds very good i i have tried you know i have made pizzas on our our gas powered grill back in the day when we lived in our old house and that actually worked pretty well but it was a very messy process and mm-hmm. and if it stuck at all to the the grates on the grill you could have a real a real disaster on your hands where bits of your pizza were falling through and burning up and and all that but uh well, it's funny you say that actually because when i said i left the dough out it was it was in a bowl um uh-huh. And I'd put it on top of my toaster, or what you'd call a, a slot toaster, you know, top-loading right. toaster. And all the dough had it had raised out and was like dribbling down the bowl, and a bunch of it was in my toaster, <laughs> oh, no. and I had to like I had to like scrape it out of there and like run the toaster to burn the little bits off. Oh and, wow! Yeah, that wasn't what I was expecting, but the dough was good, so <laughs> I'm not fill- complaining too much. <laughs> you filled your toaster with dough. That's a, that's a good that's a good one. Wow. Uh, yeah. So. We should talk video games for a little bit, Rob. I I I revealed on Max Stories Unwind that I got a new TV. I don't know if you heard, but I have an LG C two fifty five inch OLED TV. 
Ooh, very yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, 4K, and I've got the Xbox Series X and PS5 connected to it. And, you know, during the move-in, haven't had a ton of time to play games, but I started uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, for, I had Forbidden West, um, I started from mm-hmm. scratch. Because I thought, you know what, I really kind of want to see what this, you know, the opening scenes and, and what this whole world looks like uh, from the get-go in, in uh, 4K. And, wa- mm-hmm. and boy, that, that game really shines on that system with, uh, with that screen. It's oh, yeah. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, that, that, you know, the first game was, was kind of the same. You kind of looked at it and like, wow, this is amazing. But yeah, seeing it, the new one, sort of like, say, 4K, that, you know, you've got no loading screens, you've got HDR. It's like, it just looks incredible. It, re- it really is an amazing looking game. Yeah, it really is. So I, I was, I've just been kind of sampling through a few of the games. I was playing some um, of the Hot Wheels game that we've talked about before, which is still a really great game. I haven't bought any of the mm-hmm. DLC or anything like that, but I still like dropping into that game once in a while. It's a, it's a good game for just playing for short amounts of time. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a nice. I don't think I've really played a good sort of fun racing game like that. It's pretty much since Mario Kart. Like, there's always these games right. that sort of attempt to be good. And there was there was a Sonic one on the 360 that sort of came close. Um, there, there was two Sonic games on the 360, and one of them was particularly good. Um, but yeah, Hot Wheels is just sort of they really perfected it. I mean, I'm certainly not giving them the money for their DLC uh, packages because they're really expensive. Yeah, they really are, and they're pretty aggressive about pushing them too. But I, I mean, I guess I get it. But uh, I, I'm perfectly content so far with what's in the game because it's it's a game that I enjoy, but it's not one that I play mm-hmm. play super frequently. So I don't mind just kind of moving around and sampling through the different cars that are available with you know the base package and the, the and the and the various courses that are already available it's been totally fine that way for me but it's not again it's just not like one of those i won't sit down and play that game for two or three hours i'll sit down and maybe play no. for like 30 minutes or something yeah definitely definitely but the uh the reviews for stray have come out this is the the cyberpunk cat game i think is the only way to describe it yeah yeah you're uh you play as a cat and you are you are kind of going through a kind of like a Hong Kong themed a lot a lot of neon, I guess, right? It's kind of a post apocalyptic mm-hmm. city, a lot of a lot of neon. I read that it was modeled after Hong Kong to a degree. Uh, it it looks really good. It's from Annapurna, and the and the the visuals are fantastic. I I will tell you, Rob, I did get this game, and I'll tell you how I got it. I was looking, and I saw. First of all, let me just say. This game, I don't know, the release of this game was a little odd to me. It was like there were not reviews very far in advance of this one. And then it just kind of showed, I don't know, maybe it was me. Maybe it was the way I was looking, I was coming across this news. But I found it just kind of popped into existence without a lot of, a lot of warning in advance. But in any event, um, I was looking and I saw, oh, it's going to be part of PS Plus Premium. I thought, hmm, interesting. So I went and looked, and I I still have some time on a PS Plus, a regular, the old PS Plus uh, subscription remaining, and so I just I just upped to the PS Premium for PS Plus Premium because it was forty dollars, and the game is I forget if the game's thirty or 
fifty or what. But in any yeah. event, it, the the price was close enough to the price of the game, and I wanted to get the game anyway. That I thought, ah, I will just use this. I will just upgrade to this subscription and have it until I think sometime next late next spring or something, and see how Sony does with it. Right now, I think PS Plus Premium. It's a pretty weak lineup for the most part, but but now they have Stray and they have a million Assassin's Creed games coming, I guess too. Yeah, I did see that it was on PS PS Plus Plus. Let's call it that. Okay, um, <laughs> Super Plus. You know, the, the, yeah, the, the you know the second tier or whatever. And I kind of looked, and it feels like it almost feels like they're trying to confuse people into picking something they don't need or don't. And as you say, it doesn't seem like the game selection is that great. No, it's not. Um, I might. I might have another look because I do want to play Stray, but I've also heard it's a fairly short game. So it is, yeah. I think. You know, maybe I don't want to do what I usually do, which is wait for a physical copy because a physical copy I think would cost me like thirty quid or something. So yeah, yeah, and I, I definitely would not have sprung for the full like hundred and twenty dollars that this subscription costs. But since it was pretty close to the cost of the game, I thought, eh, I'll experiment and see what Sony's able to do over the next year. But mm-hmm. but it is. I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll see. I mean, there are a handful of good games. I, I think I will play play an Assassin's Creed game or two. Probably, um, there's at least enough there to make it worth my extra forty dollars. But I, unless they really step it up, I don't really see extending that beyond next spring. No, definitely not. Like my um, my PS Plus, my normal one, actually expired the other day, like a couple of weeks. Ago, I didn't even realize. Um, mm-hmm. And I was looking and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to pay for the normal one. That's the one I've been using. I'm not... But, you know, as you say, I can still jump on there and upgrade it if I decide to anyway. Um, but I don't think I'm going to... I'm not in a massive rush to try it out. It's, it's no Game Pass, is it? Let's be honest. No, it isn't. And they've kind of said it's not going to be because they don't believe in making these games, you know, day and date uh, day and date releases with the subscription service. At least not... Not to the degree that Xbox does. I mean, obviously, Stray was day and date, but uh, they they aren't intent. I think Sony's made it pretty clear they don't intend to do that with all of their Sony Studios games, like Xbox is doing with its its games. Um, the thing about Xbox, though, is like you know they announced not that long ago all these different games that were coming to the Xbox, but it's been a long time since there's been a big exclusive on game pass it's been i think you know they said a lot of these games were coming in 2022 i guess they're all going to come at the holiday season at this point because it's been pretty quiet yeah definitely it's um and it feels like stray feels a bit like it was with uh bug snacks where like mm-hmm. the game was sort of ready at the right time so they you know made a deal to make sure it was ready for that because you know bug, bug snacks was another one of these ones it was free on playstation plus for ps5 members it was like it feels like more than anything, it's like the timing worked out. And it's not like a massive game. So imagine, you know, paying whatever they pay was probably worth it for them. Yeah, probably. Did you see that um, Apple Arcade has a new section for games that are leaving the service? And it's got 15 games in it. And there was a little bit of a... Huh. Yeah, there's there's some reports about this. Because I guess Touch Arcade reported on it first, and then it got picked up by places like The Verge. And I, I thought about writing about it, but I'm just kind of keeping my eye on it for now. But I saw that, uh, well, let's see, who did I see? I saw some people talking about this. It's interesting. It, it appears that the developers have three-year deals, and then Apple has an option to renew them, and they decided not to renew some of these games. 
uh, and and most of them, I guess, are going to be available as uh, available for, to you know as paid games now on the regular app store. So it's not like they're going away. Not clear what that means for people who may have downloaded these games and have some sort of saved data. But hopefully, there's a way to migrate that. What? Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, what's interesting to me too is. I started getting curious about it because I, I looked at a couple of these games that were leaving, ones that I really hadn't heard of. There was one from Square Enix, and I, I hadn't heard of it, but I, you know, obviously I know Square Enix pretty well. So I looked to see how this game had performed, and I was looking at the, the App Store page, and I saw that it had like 11 reviews. I was like, wow, that is not a lot. So I got that, that piqued my curiosity. I went and I thought, okay, I want to look at an arcade game. That has a that that's you know been hyped a lot and considered a really good game and see how it has done on iOS versus the Mac and I went and looked at What the Golf, which is you know a very good game and it has yep very very popular game very popular like very popular mm-hmm. so on the Mac App Store that arcade game has something on the order of around fifty reviews. I looked on iOS and it's like. 23,000 reviews. <laughs> now, <laughs> reviews are not a great proxy for popularity necessarily because, for instance, um, developers can reset them when they do an update. Mm-hmm. However, I did look, and this game had been updated simultaneously three weeks ago across all platforms and didn't appear as though it had... I mean, maybe they had re- reset on the Mac, but not on iOS. It's possible. But uh, I I looked at several games like that, and it seems like nobody's gaming on the Mac is where I'm getting at. Uh, Yeah, I mean, to be honest, even when you said this, I was like, oh, yeah, Apple Arcade's on the Mac. Like, I didn't, it just doesn't even cross my mind. (laughs) That's the thing that I can do. Yeah, yeah, so it is, and it's there. And I was just, I knew that it would obviously be much more popular on iOS. I mean, there's just so many more iPhones, but 50 versus 20,000. I was, I was kind of shocked at the magnitude of that difference. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a huge, it's especially because you're already paying for it. You know, you're paying, your, right. you know, $10 a month or premier or whatever the, the, you know, Apple one or whatever it's called. Like, so you've already got it. It's not like a cost thing. No. Cause if you're, um, if you're, if you're no matter how you subscribe to arcade, if you've got it on iOS, you've already got it on the Mac for no additional cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. I'm not sure. I mean, like I say, I kind of forgot about it. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess, and, and as you said, I don't think people want a game on the Mac necessarily. I imagine it's probably more popular on like Apple TV and stuff like that. I've had Mac gaming on my mind recently, Rob. I've been thinking about Mac gaming a lot. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, oh, don't. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like you get to this point where it's the conventional wisdom that gaming on the Mac is terrible and therefore nobody's ever paying attention. Then all of a sudden maybe something will will turn around. And so I've been waiting for it to turn around. And I thought Metal 3 might be that because that was announced at WWDC. There's all kinds of new APIs mm-hmm. for fast loading of assets and, and other things like that that should be good for game development. But then again, yep. you know, Metal. I mean, the developers have to develop for Metal, which is not, you know, that, that's, a, that's something that's Apple only. It's not like they can develop for that and use the same code on the PC or wherever else they play. No. So, I, you know, I really, I'm, very, I'm still very skeptical about Mac gaming, but uh, I'm perpetually intrigued by where Apple's trying to take this. I, I have kind of decided, I think, to my mind, the problem is, an, is not a technical one. 
I think the problem with games on the Mac is in part, especially when it comes to something like arcade, something that's curated by Apple, I think it's a matter of taste. I just don't think that yeah. games are, you know, like I feel like they should maybe buy Devolver Digital or Annapurna. You know, they should get some people who are producing and publishing these great smaller titles. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. it's not to say that there aren't good games on the, on Apple Arcade. There's just like a whole bunch of them that are very much like, I don't know, C tier games you know yeah bc tier yeah i know what you mean. yeah there's nothing that they're just unremarkable mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'd completely agree i think you're right i think it is you know when people sort of say mobile games in a you know when they say it in a derogatory way i'm not i don't think everybody is necessarily saying oh it's just mobile games it's not worth it but there's definitely not that same level of the, the the sheer scale of the games that you kind of get on, you know, consoles or right. a PC game and that kind of thing is it, it's definitely a a subset. And then and then of course you 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 know there are some incredible games on on iOS and stuff like that. But then when you sort of get to Apple Arcade, which is the games that Apple could get, whether it's through buying them or, or whatever, it's kind of it's really not not the same thing at all. No, and it feels like there are still a lot of really good games on iOS that aren't on arcade it feels like the most inventive and unique games are not part of arcade that that that's just not something that people are that developers are doing and so it's it's this kind of weird samey thing on arcade and when it comes to the mac in particular i feel like they're trying to translate mobile games onto a desktop in a way that is just makes the games feel it it just makes them feel more mobile in a way, like more more shallow in, in a sense mm-hmm. when they've been translated to uh, a powerful computer. And there are too many of them that are just, that are mobile translations onto a desktop instead of desktop experiences. I don't think like games scale from mobile to desktop to TV in the same way that, uh, you know, productivity apps do, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean... I, I feel like I'm always knocking uh, Apple Arcade and gaming on the Mac or gaming on <laughs> on Apple devices, but <laughs> and I'm always, but I'm also perpetually optimistic that someday they'll crack the code and figure it out. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's really Apple's problem to solve. Maybe, maybe you know, Apple Arcade is just not the right approach, and the regular App Store and better curation of the App Store is really what they should be, what they should be focused on. Yeah, maybe you could be on something there, but I know you will think deeply about this for many months to come. <laughs> I, will. I imagine I will, and I'll write something about it at some point. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. They, they. I don't know. Maybe they've got something up their sleeves. You never know. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on it, so I'll, I'll report back when I, when I know more. Yeah, definitely. Well, look, I am going to have to stop recording because I am about to melt. <laughs> okay. I think. All right. Um, Sounds it's, good. Uh, it's seemingly uh, twenty-five minutes or so is is the limit in this temperature right now. All right, that's good to know. <laughs> I will. Uh, we we will be back in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, Rob will not be melting in in two weeks, and then he'll make it to uh, to a fortnight from now. So, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, absolutely. I'll talk to you soon, Rob. Speak to you later.